I think the position is that we've got good evidence for a lot of our cosmological theories now. And in the view of many cosmologists, we've entered a period that is sometimes being described as the, the period of precision cosmology. A few years ago, you used to be pretty happy if you could get, as it were, within a factor of 10 or maybe more exactly a factor of two of some answer. But now, especially in view of the information that we've been able to obtain from the cosmic microwave background radiation, which has been a remarkable tool for cosmologists, now increasingly we are identifying issues of precision and exactitude. We're asking what's the figure to the first decimal place or even to the second decimal place. And that's a, a real revolution in cosmology, not just to be asking the question, do we vaguely know what's going on, but rather to be asking precise values for numbers like the age of the universe, the density of matter in the universe, the quantity of radiation in the universe, and so on. So we really have moved into this era of precision cosmology, and that means that many of the issues have become issues of some detail. Dr Robert Lamborn is Senior Lecturer in Physics and Astronomy at The Open University. He explains that there are still unanswered questions about events that took place in the first moments after the Big Bang. Essentially what's happened, I think, is that if you try to track the history of the universe from the time when it was about, let's say, five minutes old, three minutes old, something like that, onwards, we've got a pretty good story about what went on and a story where we're increasingly filling in the detail. But if you go back to earlier times, especially if you go back before the first minute of the universe's evolution to times when it was very hot, then there are a great many things we don't know and we only have speculation. And over the next few years, one of the things that we'll be trying to do is to fill in more detail about that epoch. One great puzzle is the smoothness of the universe. Cosmologists discovered that when they measure the most distant regions of the cosmic microwave background, their results are the same. One solution might be that the blueprint for the whole universe was mapped out according to the way the universe expanded in the first second after the Big Bang. When we look in different directions in the sky, directions which are so far separated that in the entire history of the universe, the different parts of the sky that we're looking at haven't had time to send signals to one another, it seems. When we look in those different directions, we see the same temperature for the radiation in all directions. Now, there must be some mechanism that is actually responsible for that. And such a mechanism has been proposed. It was proposed around 1980 by a man called Alan Guth from MIT, and it's called inflation. The idea is that in the early phase of the universe, it underwent a fantastically rapid expansion, and everything we see is still part of that expanded region. So it was all in contact in the past. It did all have the time to get to the same temperature, and that's why today we do find that these different regions are, after all, at the same temperature. The question, of course, is, did it really happen? And at present, I would say, there was very little evidence that inflation had actually occurred. But this is one of the issues that is now entering into the observational and experimental horizon. Over the next few years, I think one of the big developments in cosmology will be an onslaught, both theoretically and observationally, on the question, did inflation really happen? The main tools in the hands of observational cosmologists right now revolve around measurements of the cosmic microwave background. But future technology and research could help us understand more about gravitational waves. Einstein predicted the existence of gravitational waves, a kind of radiation quite different from sound or light or X-rays, completely different. It involves minuscule movements of space-time itself, distortions of space-time that propagate in a wave-like way through space and time. 
And these tiny, tiny distortions, in principle, can be detected. You need a very sophisticated detector to do it. Several of them have been constructed around the world. None of them are yet sensitive enough to have actually succeeded in the task of directly observing these waves. But, for instance, in the US, they have a pair of detectors, one in the state of Washington, one in Louisiana. Each of these detectors takes the form of a a massive L-shaped building with arms that are several kilometres long. And laser light is shone back and forth along these arms, bouncing off of mirrors. And the idea is, is if a gravitational wave passes through the building, it causes the building essentially to expand and contract, and that influences the behaviour of the laser light in a detectable, observable way. So it's an extraordinary kind of detector. They've built two of them so that if they receive a signal in one, they can check that it's a real signal by seeing that the other detector goes off at the same time. But as I say, they haven't yet been able to detect directly these distortions, which would only be the fraction of the diameter of a single atom. So they're extremely hard to detect. And it will probably still be some years before these systems begin to produce real results. But if and when they do so, gravitational waves, gravitational radiation, might give us a way of observing the very earliest phases of the universe, back before the time that the universe became transparent to visible light, before the 400,000-year barrier that created the cosmic background microwave radiation, we might be able to see cosmic gravitational background radiation. We can't see any of it at present, but it might be there, we might be able to detect it, and it might be one of the very few ways we have of really looking back to the Big Bang itself. From the Open University. For more information, go to www.open.ac.uk forward slash use.